0: you good.
1: Welcome in to another episode of the Semi-Pro Fantasy Show. And today we're here with some new things to show you guys. We're finally expanding to the YouTube. And we won't be bringing you full episodes yet, but we will be bringing you clips on the Semi-Pro Media YouTube channel. So today's episode, we're gonna be doing a lot of mini games. We got keep trade cut, who he play for, buy or sell, and explain yourself on the table for today. And then we're gonna end the episode with a tight end with our tight end, my guys. So let's get right into the mini games. Our first mini game, keep trade cut, as said before. So our first three guys: Todd Gurley, Austin Eckler, and Aaron Jones. Will, who do you have?
0: These are guys I have pretty much all in a row in my rankings. I like them all. I'm willing to draft them all. I'm not targeting all of them. Out of the three, I think Aaron Jones has the most trade value. He's also the guy I like the most out of the three. But coming off a monster year, I think he's the guy I would want to trade. And then between Eckler and Gurley, well, I do like Gurley. I th- I have Eckler higher in my rankings. He has that safe PPR floor. There is concern with Gurley, so I'd probably keep Eckler, trade Jones, cut Gurley.
1: Yeah, I think I'm on the same page as you. Uh, I think Jones is ranked the highest for me, and he also had a huge year last year, so for that reason, I'm going to trade him based off that value. Um, And I was a little higher on Gurley last week. I drafted him in my mock draft um, as my third running back, but I've kind of cooled down because I'm kind of scared off. We talked about how he's going to get a lot of targets um, in Atlanta, but... It's actually weird because when he was in LA last year, he was running a lot of routes and Goff decided just not to target him. It could change in Atlanta. Hopefully it wasn't Gurley's fault and he's still as good as he used to be catching passes. But that's kind of scared me off a little bit. And then Eckler's safety with the receiving floor is why I'm going to keep him and cut Todd Gurley. So the next one we have, or do you want to touch on that a little bit?
0: Yeah. Last thing is like, there's a real possibility that Gurley ends up becoming a Leonard Fournette kind of guy, which is like, last year, Lena Fournette was great. He's had a ton of volume. I don't think Gurley any, like, comes anywhere close to Fournette's volume. But, like, he might get all the volume, plus I think Gurley gets more touchdowns. But it's just, like, as a drafter, it can feel kind of gross drafting Gurley. He doesn't have, like, that same excitement. So I understand why people might be turned off of Gurley.
1: Yeah, it seems like there's a tear break between Jones and Eckler's tears and Gurley's tier. So, I think that's another reason why I would cut Gurley. So, moving on to our next uh, trio, we have DJ Chark, DK Metcalf, and Terry McLaurin. All three promising receivers. Um, How do you view these guys?
0: I love them all. I'm willing to draft any of them. Like, they're, especially McLaurin and Chark, those are two targets for me. McLaurin's the one that I actually have the highest in my rankings. I love Terry McLaurin, you know that. But between the other two, I'm going to trade DK Metcalf. Even though I have him I think I have him slightly higher than Chark might have Chark higher. They're like neck and neck for me. But Metcalf has that name value, like he's a star already. Everyone loves him. But Chark's the clear number one in Jacksonville. Metcalf, in my opinion, is number two to Tyler Lockett. I don't think he he becomes the number one this year. I think he will. But Metcalf, he's like super physically imposing. Uh, he had a great performance in the playoffs. Fans love him. So I think I can get the most for Metcalf, and that's why I'm going to trade him.
1: So you're going to trade Metcalf, keep Chark, or keep McLaurin, and cut Chark? Yeah. Okay, so for me, I have them in a row. I have Chark uh, 19, Metcalf 20, and McLaurin 21. But I, I don't think it's as close as I have them ranked. Like I think Chark is the definite keep for me because Chark broke out last season. And as analysts, we're hoping that Metcalf and McLaurin break out. So I think like Chark is, well we do project them to be similar, Chark is already at a higher level than both of those guys. So that's why I like Chark a little bit more. So I'm going to keep DJ Chark, and then I'll probably trade Metcalf because of that name value. He has a great quarterback in Russell Wilson, and I really love McLaurin, but this is going to be a tough cut for me. Um, I'm still kind of scared off by Haskins. I don't think any of me cutting McLaurin is against the player himself, but yeah it's a tough cut it's that's a really tough one for me and i'm gonna cut mclaurin
0: well one last thing about mclaurin which is somewhat under the radar is there is a possibility that alex smith could start this year and if that happens mclaurin will probably shoot up rankings um it's not necessarily i wouldn't call it likely but he has been cleared to practice and while the team likes haskins if haskins struggles early on in the year Alex Smith might get a shot, and he's a good quarterback, and that could boost McLaurin's value.
1: Yeah, uh, I saw that the coach Ron Rivera was getting into saying that Smith looks really good after coming back on the injury. It would be surprising to see if he played, but great for Smith, great for the Red, or great for Washington football team. I really cannot get used to that. Um, yeah,
0: I mean, I, did I say did I say the the name? I, might I don't
1: even know. It's so second nature <laughs> to say the Redskins. So you might have said it, you might have not. But let's wow. get on to our last uh, trio of keep trade cut. Um, so these are three from different, three different positions. Uh, Michael Gallup, wide receiver of the Cowboys, Zach Ertz, tight end with the Philadelphia Eagles and James Connor with the Steelers. How do you view these guys? Well,
0: yeah, I have Gallup as the clear cut here. I like him, but it, compared to these two other guys, I think he's by far the lowest for me. And then I'm going to trade Ertz. He has a lot of trade value. I'm not looking for those those uh highly ranked tight ends except for maybe Kittle or Kelsey and Connor people are scared off by the the injuries he's not super exciting he doesn't catch a lot of passes so I think it's gonna be you're gonna be hard pressed to to get a lot of value for Connor so he's someone I'm gonna keep Ertz is seems to be on the downtrend and Dallas Goddard is getting more and more usage every single year so I'm gonna trade Zach Ertz keep James Connor and cut Gallup
1: Wow, I think I'm mean, gonna. It's it's tough because like, it's pretty easy to say which one you're gonna trade based off of like name value. Like that's the first thing you look at when you're trying yeah. to trade, because you're trying to cash in on someone who isn't as good as he used to be. But some of your league mates might think that Zachert is still a top three tight end and should be looked that way. Um, I'm also gonna trade Zachert for that reason, and then it's really tough because when you're looking at them straight up. It's probably Michael Gallup's a better player. He has better value going later than James Conner. But maybe you need the running back depth in a thinner position. So it's it's really tough for me. I I really don't know where to go. I'll probably agree with you. Keep Conner and cut Gallup. But it's really tough. Like, I took Gallup in our mock draft last week. And I think he's a great player. He's getting slept on because of CeeDee Lamb ad, or being added to the Cowboys. It's a tough cut. Um that's not one that i love that i set up for us but yeah. it's yeah we're gonna have to go for it but let's move on to our next segment this is one that will and i really like uh it's a, it a tnt nba game time special uh with chuck barkley so they they say a player that's probably on a new team or not a big known player and chuck has to say what team he's on it's called who he play for so will do you want to go first with this one
0: uh, i would love to this play. Wait, well, let me
1: just explain it. Sorry, Will. Okay, go okay. Quick. So Will's going to name a player, and I'm going to say what team he's on. And if I get it wrong, then I'm wrong. Get it right, then I'm, I'm right.
0: You Easy get a point. point.
1: Yeah, sure. <laughs> we get a point.
0: Okay, this first player is a former Washington player. Uh, he's a quarterback. His name is Colt McCoy. Aaron, <gasps> who he play for?
1: Oh, who he play for. Wow, this is a tough one. Colt McCoy. Okay. It's weird because Cole McCoy was getting some publicity last offseason as the starter in Washington. Uh-huh. <sighs> okay, I'm trying to think of like a team that needs a backup. Doesn't need a he good is, backup. He is the number 2
0: on the depth chart where he is.
1: He is the number 2. I I don't even like I have no clue. Um, I was going to say Las Vegas but they got Mariota. Yeah. Uh, is it Denver?
0: It is not. He is uh, I'll give you a hint. He okay. is on a team, another team, with a young quarterback.
1: Okay. Okay, and if you're playing along with us, like, please tell us uh, if you got it before me. You probably did. I'm probably being dumb about this one. Um, okay, Colt McCoy on a team with another young quarterback. I know it's not the Chargers. I don't think it's the Bengals. Um, who else got a young quarterback? Maybe it's not a rookie. Is it a rookie quarterback? Can I ask that?
0: It w- It was a rookie last year.
1: Oh, rookie last year. Is it the Cardinals? No. Oh, okay. I'm going to give up.
0: (laughs) All right. It's the New York Giants.
1: New York Giants?
0: Yep. Colt McCoy is a New York Giant. How about that?
1: Wow. Wow. Well, hopefully he doesn't pull a Geno Smith and start over Daniel Jones, but (laughs) you never know. All right. On to my first one. Okay. Um, Nelson Aguilar. This is a pretty easy one.
0: Yeah. He went to the Raiders.
1: Okay. Good. Good. I'm going to start off easy. You started off a little harder, but let's let's move on to the second one, Will.
0: So okay, back to Aguilar. He like he gets memed a lot for his drops, but he's still a good receiver, and I think he has a chance to actually get some playing time in Las Vegas. So yeah, just, I actually
1: I was it was funny because I'm in Philadelphia right now, so they on Philly TV they show a lot of Aguilar to make fun of him actually, and he had a terrible drop against Oakland this past season, and now Las Vegas, Oakland moved to Las Vegas, obviously has signed him, so it's kind of funny to see that play out. But, yeah, he's with Las Vegas. Will got that one. Move on to your second one for me, Will.
0: This one should be a little easier than the first one. He's a tight end, former Chicago Bear. I'm, of course, talking about Trey Burton.
1: I think he's with the Colts. Yeah. All right, there we go. I got one. (laughs) Good, good, good. All right, on to my second one. Um, This guy is a former Pittsburgh Steeler. Had a great career, I think, at Tennessee. Josh Dobbs. Where does Josh Dobbs play?
0: oh my gosh okay i know yeah i knew he was a stealer oh my gosh did he where did he go um let's hear
1: some of your thinking
0: yeah part of me thinks like part of me thought he was in las vegas but that, that's not where he is <laughs> um oh boy this is this is really hard i'm just gonna throw a shot in the dark i'm gonna say houston
1: no okay i'm gonna give you a hint though
0: all right i need need that
1: one would give it away (laughs) but i'll give you a hint the same one that you gave to me he is the backup to his second year quarterback
0: okay so i know it's not washington uh it's not not the giants um is he in arizona no No way Jacksonville. that's that's brett Hundley. where is jacksonville Jacksonville wow yeah. I, I was gonna that. give
1: you the same division as Houston but that probably way <laughs> so I'm glad I didn't do that one okay let's move on to your third one all
0: right this one is gonna be the hardest one I don't think you'll get it but I'll, I'll give you a chance okay this player was a former Arizona Cardinal but he's buried on the depth chart uh, in his new place he may have a chance to shine I'm talking about Demir Bird
1: he's not on the Cardinals anymore
0: no. I'll give you I'll give you a hint because it's this is a really hard one. Okay. He is on a team that needs receiver help.
1: Okay, well it's not the Eagles, because I think I would have known that. But Okay, actually I thought Demir Bird was not bad. Like every time I would watch like yeah, the, he's a, the he's Cardinals a great game he's cast, very fat. Kyler Murray was already always targeting Demir Bird. It's kind of annoying, but it is what it is. Okay, so they need receiver help. Um is it the Ravens? No. Nope. Can I get a hint?
0: Um. Well, I gave you. I give you teenage receiver help. Uh.
1: Oh, you did already give me. a hint. They,
0: they have a new quarterback this year. Their team is new, new quarterback, quarterback this year.
1: Free agent or rookie? Uh, free agent. Okay. Is it the Colts? No. Oh. Okay. Who is it?
0: He's a New England Patriot.
1: Wow. Really. Really. Good for him. Good for him. Yeah. Maybe he'll get some... uh, I really did not know that. Maybe he'll get some publicity for the Patriots. Do you think he'll get any playing time?
0: Well, I think he's better than Nikhil Harry, but maybe (laughs) they want to stick with Nikhil Harry. I don't know. Uh, I
1: mean, to save face, they'll probably stick with Nikhil Harry, but you could be right. We'll see. Yeah. All right, my last one. And, like, this is a big name, so you probably should be able to get it, but I didn't know he was on this team, but we'll see. Ted Ginn Jr.
0: Ted Ginn Jr.? Um, obviously no longer a New Orleans Saint. Um, I I remember reading where he went. My, my first guess was, is the, the Bears? Is
1: that your, is that your guess? Sure. That is correct. Hey. Good, good job. I thought he was still on the Saints before I looked up the charts. So. Yeah, no,
0: I, I remember, I remember, uh. I was doing research into Anthony Miller, and I was like, is he the clear number two in Chicago? Mm-hmm. And I was looking at the depth chart, and I was like, Ted Ginn Jr. is there? What? Right, when so that he must be
1: replacing the Taylor Gabriel role.
0: Oh, yeah, probably. But, I, I, yeah, I was do you like... Think
1: he's be- I think he's probably better than Gabriel.
0: Maybe. I think they have different skill sets. Gabriel's more of a quick between the uh, hashes player, whereas Ginn's kind of a speedster. But yeah. I think, I think Ginn's a better player, but Gabriel gets more targets than him, so that should free up more targets for a guy like Anthony Miller. But, yeah, I was like, when did when did that happen? When did Ginn become a Chicago Bear?
1: Yeah, I was confused for sure. All right, let's move on to our third minigame, buy or sell. We played this one before on the show. Our first one, Will, uh, newly workhorse back, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Does he surpass 1,250 yards? Rushing, rushing yards.
0: Yeah, if you if said total yards, I would say 100%, but... Rushing yards, I don't think he gets there. Like, if you look at last year with Christian McCaffrey, he was by far the best running back in fantasy. But he only had, like, 1,000 rushing yards, I think. Something like that. I could be wrong. Um, So, like, he's going to get a lot of receiving yards. I don't see him as the bell cow, like, getting a ton of carries. He may get, like, 12 carries a game and then, like, maybe, like, six catches. But, yeah, on the ground, I don't see him getting near 1250. That doesn't mean I not like him. I love him as a player. He's a great pick, but I just don't see that. So you don't see him as yards. the bell cow? Not on the ground. I think he's going to be a three-down running back, but sometimes they're going to, like, give other running backs carries Yeah. to, like, spell him, I guess, but not. Yeah. I, I just want
1: to – so I'm going to buy this. I Because ha- just in my stat out, I have him statted out for – on a raw stat out after Damian Williams opted out, I have – Uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire actually started calling him Eclair because of how sweet he is, and I accidentally messed the name up one time. So Clyde Eclair. There we go. Okay, anyways, I I gave him 1,262 yards. Um, So I'm by, and I'm just looking at Kareem Hunt's stats from when he was uh, promoted to the starter as a rookie. He rushed for 1,327 yards, and I think Hunt's probably a better between-the-tackles rusher than Clyde is, but... It was on a similar amount of carries that I'm giving to Clyde. So I I think there is a chance that he passes that mark. Obviously, I have him set it out for that mark. Um, If he gets all the carries, I I definitely think that's a buy. I think he's a talented guy, and that's a great offensive line.
0: Yeah, it's also interesting to know who the backup is going to be because they uh, traded away with McCoy to the Buccaneers recently, and Damian Williams has opted out of the season. So, does that leave Darwin Thompson as the backup? I don't Darwin really
1: know. Darwin Thompson and, uh, uh, what's his name? Daryl Williams.
0: Yeah, so definitely not guys you want to give a ton of carries to. So, that definitely works in Hilaire's favor. But he just doesn't project as a guy gets a ton of carries. I think they might si- sign a guy like Devontae Freeman, that kind of player, to like spell Edwards Hilaire. I just, he doesn't project to me as a, a workhorse back on the ground. Yeah. He's in the more of the Christian McCaffrey mold.
1: Yeah, I definitely see that, but it's just because like the chiefs are going to be in positive game scripts. They want to use their first round running back in the ground. And I mean, on the ground and they have a very talented offensive line. So I think he'll use his talent and opportunity to get past that 1250 yard mark, but it is a tough mark for sure. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the second one. Uh, Marquise Brown, does he receive a hundred targets?
0: if he played 16 games, he probably gets 100-110 targets. I don't think he plays 16 games. Um, I don't think he gets there. He's a he's a good player. He's not a high-volume player. He's kind of like a in the Tyreek Hill mold, obviously not as good as Tyreek Hill, but in that offense where it's a low-volume passing offense, 100 targets is a lot, and I don't know. I just don't see it. He has an injury history. There's always the risk of him contracting COVID. I just don't think he plays 16 games. I I
1: sat him out for 16 games, so I'm a buy on this one because, yeah, he he played like, what, eight or 10 games last year, and I think in a few games he uh, got injured mid-game. But Marquise Brown is said to have put on 15 pounds of muscle, and he says he feels as good as he's ever felt, even when he was playing at Oklahoma. And I trust the guy. Like, yeah, he's small. He has a a Tyreek Kill-type body, but we've seen Tyreek Kill go full seasons of 16 Mm -hmm. games. I'm not calling, like, obviously it's tough. We're in a COVID-filled world. He is somewhat smaller than the average receiver, so he could get hurt on any play. But if he does play a full 16, I easily buy, and I do expect him to play that 16, so I'm going to buy the 100-target mark.
0: Yeah, if you buy into the Marquise Brown being healthy... Sure, he'll get 100 targets. The, ish, the difference between him and a guy like Tyreek Kill is that Brown has had ankle injuries in the past, which are more likely to repeat in the future, which is scary. And if he injures his ankle again, it could hurt his speed and he maybe becomes not as good. The, like Marquise Brown, the player, is good enough to get 100 targets. I personally don't buy into the health, but that's that's only a concern for me.
1: Yeah, so let's move on to the last buyer's sell. Um, this one, I mean, I think we'll talk about this later as well, and down the line as the season gets closer. But DK Metcalf, Metcalf outreceives Tyler Lockett, and what I mean by that question is, does he get more receptions, more targets, and yards?
0: I I don't think so. You don't think so? Um, I love Tyler Lockett this year. He has a tried and true connection with Russell Wilson. Like DK is a great player, but Lockett every single season is a lock for like 70 catches in a thousand yards and like eight touchdowns like he just he gets it done and in a shortened off season where teams aren't going to be able to get as much done as they want guys like Russell Wilson are going to rely on those guys like Tyler Lockett and like like DK Metcalf sometimes last year had games where he would get like two catches for 20 yards and like two touchdowns Lockett every single game was Wilson's like number one target and i think over a full season will lockett has to be he's more consistent i think he overall outproduces dk metcalf
1: yeah so this one's really tough i like i think i'm going to buy this one um it's very close for me i projected metcalf to get more of each stat because Met, like while lockett's been very consistent he's consistent as a, at a high efficiency mark He doesn't get a lot of targets from Wilson. Wilson and him have a great connection, as you were saying, and that's why he's able to be very good. In his uh, five seasons with the Seahawks, that being said, he only started two full seasons, 16 games twice. Um, He only got past 80 receptions one time, and that was his biggest year. Other than that, he never usurped uh, 57 uh, catches. So he's not a huge um, volume guy. Well, he does go down the field a lot, and he could rack up a lot of yards. I have Metcalf statting him out for a little bit more. Um, I have Metcalf just above 1,100 and Lockett just below that. I have Lockett actually at two catches above Metcalf, so it's very close for me. I guess I'm buying because I have Metcalf with more targets and yards, but Lockett with more receptions. But it it definitely is close. It, It could be a 1A, 1B situation in Seattle for sure.
0: Yeah, and I think liking Lockett doesn't have to mean I don't like DK Metcalf. Like, they're both right. great players. I think the Seahawks, hopefully, are going to throw the ball more than they have in the past. Um, every year, I seem to be projecting that and hoping for it. and never seems to happen with their primitive offense, but maybe it finally happens.
1: It's funny because we're always like, unleash Russell Wilson, right? Yeah. But it never happens, and then they still win games.
0: Yeah, he just the man gets it done. Yeah. I wish he like they it wouldn't have like they won so many one score games like everyone predict like predicts regression in one score games but they do it every single year. Yeah. So like they just get it done. But imagine Russell Wilson if he wasn't in like a run heavy Stone Age. Imagine Russell
1: Wilson in Tampa Bay with Bruce Arians. That's the marriage (laughs) that has never happened. Needs to happen let it fly all right let's move on to our last mini game this is one of my favorites um i actually learned this from a different uh fantasy football podcast um this is explain yourself so the premise of this game is will and i have our own consensus rankings or we have our own rankings and we have a consensus rankings which will be up on the website very soon so tune in for that um anyways Obviously, we are different people, we look at situations in different ways, and our rankings differ because of that. So, we're going to ask each other why we have different players ranked differently. It's as easy as that. I'm going to go first. So, Will, I have DJ Moore at 11, and you have him at 8. Explain yourself.
0: Okay, DJ Moore is, in my opinion, the best value of any of the early on receivers. And people are like, I guess they're scared off by the Panthers' offense, or, like, the Panthers as a team, they're not going to win a lot of games. I agree. Um, I think there's a lot... There's too much hate directed towards Teddy Bridgewater. Like, he's not just some check-down... Like, it's not all he can do. He's a good quarterback. And even if he is, like, check-down Teddy, DJ Moore is one of the best short-range route runners in the entire NFL. He creates tons of separation on all of his routes. His yards after the catch potential is amazing. And... I see him getting at least 100 catches like minimum. He's going to be a target monster. If if the Panthers are as bad as people think they are, they're going to be throwing more than people think they're going to be. And I just like he has a chance to get 110 catches for 1400 yards. Yeah. The only my, my biggest concern is the touchdowns. He hasn't really put that together in his career. But there's nothing about his game that suggests he can't score touchdowns. So, he's someone that I love this year.
1: Okay, so let me ask you a few questions real quick. Just from a a logical standpoint, as a fantasy football drafter, is it it logical to take Mike Evans over DJ Moore?
0: Is it logical? Um, Like, to
1: draft him. Just before you look at all the broken down stats, like, could you take Evans over DJ
0: Moore? If you're looking at their talent, I think it's fair. Mike Evans is one of the most talented receivers in the NFL. My biggest concern about Evans is just the team... uh, like they're better with Tom Brady, but the passing volume is going to go down. Chris Godwin, in my opinion, is the clear number one in that offense. Um, Evans is on a downward trajectory. Godwin's upward. So I, when you're drafting a receiver that high, you like you want the floor, and Evans has the floor, but you also want the upside, and Evans doesn't have the reception upside. DJ Moore does, so that's yeah. why I have a guy like Moore higher. But like, if you want to take Evans ahead of him, you can.
1: Yeah, so that's what, like, my issue isn't with Moore. I've said this many times before. I just have guys ahead of him, and, like, we're not that different on Moore. I just have guys ahead of him that have proven it more than one time. Like, obviously, we saw Moore prove it with a terrible quarterback, and he is a much better quarterback this season. So we're looking for him to improve on that again. But I have Mike Evans, Allen Robinson, and Robert Woods ahead of him. All guys who have shown that they can produce multiple years and just be fantasy studs. And I would rather invest my wide receiver one pick if I'm going double running back in one of those guys who I know will give me wide receiver one return, whereas DJ Moore might have some volatile weeks. And I, I definitely see what you're saying, and I think that I'm bought in, but I'm more bought in on some of these other players. That's fair. Okay, let's move on to your first one.
0: All right, so... I used to be way ahead of consensus on Robert Woods. And I haven't changed my stance, but consensus has flown up on him. And he is now, I believe, being drafted as the wide receiver 9 or 10. Which is I have him at 8. You, and you've met 8. So that's just... I, I have met, I think, 12, which I thought was high. So I want you to ex- like explain yourself. Why are you so high <laughs> on Robert Woods?
1: Alright, I'm so high on Robert Woods because... We we saw it last year when the Rams kind of fell out of their flow with three receivers. They went two receivers and two or two tight ends, right? Two receivers, two tight ends. Mm-hmm. And Cooper Cup saw or didn't see the field as much as Robert Woods. Robert Woods is the clear one on that team, and that team is going to throw the ball possibly six hundred or let's see. I have Jared Goff for almost six hundred pass attempts this year. So where does that go, right? Obviously, the passes need to go to a receiver. So I have I have one hundred and fifty targets for Robert Woods. That doesn't seem too outlandish when you're throwing the ball 600 times. And I have almost 100 catches for Robert Woods. And it all calculated out for him to be the eighth receiver. And I guess that's just like my easy answer to say that's why he's my number eight receiver. But it's also because he's going to be on the field for every snap he's never going to come off the field. He's as consistent as possible. And when you're looking to go double running back, you want a consistent number one option. If you want a guy who's going to give you 15 points every week and half DPR, Robert Woods is your guy. And then he's going to end the season as a top 12 receiver. He's a locked in top 12 receiver at the end of the year, for sure. And you know that what you're going to get for him every single week, it's not going to be like Mike Evans, where you could have 36 one week and then goose the next week. So when you have two running backs that are very talented, you want a guy like Robert Woods on your team, and I see the end of your output. He also only had two touchdowns last season uh, in the air, and they came in the last game of the season, both of them. And I just don't see a mark like that repeating, especially when you lose a touchdown monster like like Todd Gurley. I think he'll be targeted more in the red zone, and even given those um, end arounds and those rushes in the red zone as well. So I think that there's a lot of metrics that can still go up for Robert Woods.
0: Yeah, well, the concern about Robert Woods is actually very similar to D.J. Moore in that they don't get a lot of touchdowns. With D.J. Moore, the sample size is much smaller. Robert Woods, throughout his career, has never had more than six touchdowns. So, he, like, I don't think there's really, like, he's, I don't know. Nothing about his game says he can't score touchdowns, but he's been in this offense for a long time, and he hasn't gotten the touchdowns. So, while he probably gets more than two, I don't think he gets a ton. And my concern to Robert Woods, I love him. He's a great player. He's my number 12 receiver. But I don't see the upside that I do with players going in the same range because he's still on offense with Cooper Cup. um, And, like, if the touchdowns aren't there, he's not going to be wide receiver one.
1: Yeah, but if you take the Rams' defense, right, they're not as good as in years past. They may be forcing and throwing the ball, like, 40 to 50 times a game and maybe the touchdown upside isn't there. I think the one thing that's different that has been there in years past is Gurley is gone, right? We've never seen Robert Woods in the red zone without Gurley, who was just taking all the carries. They wanted to run the ball three times when they got inside the 10-yard line. That might change this year with Cam Akers and Daryl Henderson Jr. So we'll see. You know, you change with their personnel. I think Robert Woods – I'm not saying that he's going to get more than seven touchdowns. Like, he's not a touchdown guy. Like, Cooper Cup is the red zone guy. But Mm -hmm. I think the defense is going to be worse – forcing him to throw the ball. I just don't think that Goff is going to look to Higby and look to Gerald Everett when he's going to come back in these games that their defense has them down in. So that's why I really like Robert Woods.
0: Yeah, last thing about Woods. like I see him in a very similar situation that I do with DJ Moore. My concern with Robert Woods is when I look at him as a player, like him as a talent, he's not as talented as the players going in his range. So you're drafting the opportunity, which is fair, but the lack of talent means that – against like elite number one corners he might get overshadowed and have a tough game but a he's question, a great will. player i love him
1: just off the top of your head i know you did an article on the nfl top 100 uh for our website this past week was robert woods on the top 100 list i can't remember do you remember if he was
0: i don't remember i don't think he was though which wow. is unfortunate
1: a lot of guys are left off we're not going to get into that, that right the list now. list is
0: horrible but... But we're not yeah
1: yeah all right my second one for you will so this is about a rookie quarterback. I have Joe Burrow at 22, and you have him at 14. Explain
0: yourself. Yeah, okay, so like quarterback rankings, they're very subjective, and generally it comes down to projecting offenses because good quarterbacks tend to be on good offenses. And you might be saying, well, it Will, the Bengals offense sucks. Yeah. And I think that's a little bit looking at the past and not the present like do i think joe burrow is a great quarterback i don't know yet he might be but if you look at his weapons he has aj green he has tyler boyd he has john ross he they have second arm receiver t higgins he still has joe mixon as running back joe mixon can catch passes like he has all the pieces on the perimeter and the offensive line while hasn't been healthy in previous years looks to be like a league average sort of offensive line If the Bengals are going to be trailing a lot, which their defense suggests they will be, Joe Burrow could be one of the highest volume quarterbacks in the NFL, which is unheard of for a rookie, but we're all about shadowing precedence. So, like, if I'm looking at him versus a quarterback going in the same range, like, I don't know, Drew Brees. Like, Drew Brees is a good quarterback, but... They're gonna they're gonna run the ball a lot, and there's not the same weekly upside that they think exists with Joe Burrow, and people are gonna not draft him because he's a rookie. But at that point in the draft, might as well take a shot.
1: Well, Will, let me ask you a question. What about Ryan Finley? Does he have do you, does he worry you at all?
0: Um, no. Don't <laughs> ask that question again. All
1: right, I'm <laughs> sorry. Just had a little. I had to go at Ryan Finley real quick. He's so bad. God. All right, my old thing with Joe Burrow is and. It's not really against Burrow. I don't think I can draft Burrow. I definitely think that down the line, there will be a week where I can rely—multiple weeks— where I can rely on Burrow based off the schedule, based off them coming back against a bad defense. It could be against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, for example. If they're down 10, 15 early, then Burrow will have to lead them back, and he'll have to do it on his legs and with his arms. So I definitely see the argument. I'm just a little lower because I don't think I would draft him over— a Cam Newton, even or Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, just because these guys are more proven. But again, you're more married to like Aaron Rodgers if you draft him, just because of the name value, and you have no problems dropping Burrow if he isn't what you say he is. So that's another. Well, reason. and also
0: where Burrow is going in drafts right now, you're not necessarily drafting him to be your starter. Like I have him as my QB 14, and if, if you're in a 12 team league, then there's 13 other guys that I'd rather have. Yeah, and. For me, it's like the number one rate waiver ad, probably. But, and I haven't looked at his regular season schedule, or his early season schedule. I don't know if it's good or not. But you don't have to draft him where he's going. But if you draft him as like your QB2, or like if he's your QB2 in a two quarterback league, you can feel good about that in my opinion.
1: Yeah. All right. Ask me your second one.
0: Let me pull it up. Okay. So I was going to get back to Tyler Lockett because you have him way lower than I think you should I have him as my wide receiver 18 ahead of guys like McLaurin obviously ahead of Metcalf I have him right behind Calvin Ridley and you have him at your wide receiver 24 behind Michael Gallup, Devontae Parker and like guys like McLaurin and Metcalf so why are you so low on Lockett?
1: well I, I think we talked about before my splits with the Seahawks and I have bought into the Metcalf hype like I bought into that hype train choo choo <laughs> Anyways, um, it might not come true. Lockett could be be the one still, and I could be wrong. That's definitely a possibility. Um, we saw in my mock draft that McLaurin was available, um, and I have McLaurin ranked ahead of Lockett, but I drafted Lockett because different drafts call for different strategies. I needed a consistent wide receiver one, and I know that I'm going to get that with Lockett. Like, I know that he will give me... 10 to 12 points every week, and when I have three stud running backs, that's going to be great. So there are obvious times where I will take, well, like, stray away from my rankings and take a guy like Lockett over some of these guys I have ahead of him. My only thing is, like, I see so much more upside with Michael Gallup and Devontae Parker, Terry McLaurin, guys like that, that I don't see with Lockett. Um, I know you were talking about how the Seahawks could be a very pass-heavy team this year, as in years before, and we've talked about that a lot. But they just have never changed their their mindset. They've always gone with their running back. I don't understand why when you have Russell Wilson, but that's just who B. Carroll is, and I think he's going to stick with that. And then we saw Devontae Parker, who was the wide receiver two after week two last season. He has touchdown upside every single week, and he's going pretty late. I'm fine using a fifth-round or sixth-round pick on a guy like Devontae Parker for sure. So I think that I just see more upside with a guy like Gallup who's being slept on because of CD Lamb, McLaurin who could have a breakout year. There's just guys ahead of him. And I also project Metcalf to become the 1A in that offense. So that's my qualm with Tyler Lockett.
0: Yeah, that's right. I think consensus has him right between us. So we're both like, just like, I'm a little higher, you're a little lower. But I just think that Lockett's production is entirely independent of DK Metcalf. I don't think DK Metcalf getting an expanded role infringes on locket i think they're both great options i think that because of the rise of metcalf people are fading locket too much and that's my concern but yeah like that's why i like him so much
1: yeah i also like i started uh metcalf out for like nine touchdowns and for a quick second i had him for 10 i like i just really like how wilson uses him uses him in the offense Wilson loves to throw the ball. All right, the Seahawks love to throw the ball in the red zone. It's weird because they like they don't like to run it in the red zone, but they like to run it between the twenties. It just confuses yeah. me, but it works. Um, all right, let's move on to my third one. So I have Amari Cooper at 13, and consensus has him as a wide receiver one, but you have him at 16. So please explain yourself.
0: Well, we kind of talked about Gallup earlier a little bit, and like I love Michael Gallup. He on a per game basis out targeted Amari Cooper. Yet there's such a huge ADP gap between Cooper and Gallup. And I just, I don't understand that gap. I don't think Dallas throws the ball as much as they did last year, this year, even if their defense is worse. Like they just threw the ball so much. It was like, I think it was otherworldly and it's not repeatable. Yeah. And Gallup is getting better. I can't, like, I don't know if Mark Cooper is getting better. He seems to be kind of like the same. We know what he is. And I just like, I like Gallup more than Cooper probably like I think Cooper should be higher in rankings because his per target numbers are better like he, he has higher value targets but Cooper has a lengthy injury history Gallup doesn't and there's just like a lot that scares me off and I don't see a whole lot of upside with Cooper unless Gallup gets hurt and I think it's more likely that Cooper gets hurt which means Gallup is the better value
1: yeah I, like I don't like to project injury for any player, especially a guy as talented as Amari Cooper, we saw him at the top fifty of the hundred. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, that was just a little funny. I just had to get that out of there. But Amari Cooper is a talented wide receiver. Being that being said, and um, he has a he has a high touchdown upside. And I obviously like my love of Cooper isn't against Gallup. I love Gallup. I drafted him in my mock draft. Like we both mm-hmm. love Gallup on the show. People are sleeping on him. But let's move to why I like Cooper so much. I like Cooper because. I think the Cowboys could throw the ball 650 times. Their defense has obvious holes in it and they're going to have to come back in a lot of games. So that's why Cooper could be getting a lot more targets. He was also, he played 16 games, but he was basically a decoy for those last eight. I don't think he'll get injured like he did last year. Obviously he has the chance to, but I think he'll have a full 16 game season and do very well.
0: Yeah, it's possible. My concern is like, I don't think they're going to throw the ball that much. They had the best offense in the league last year. Their offensive line is worse and I just think as a team they're not that good, which yeah. is like weird because they're projected for ten wins in Vegas. I think I don't see that. Shoot the um, under. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm hammering the under if I could yeah. bet, uh, but I just I don't see the upside with the offense compared to last year. And if you're drafting him where he's going, like his at his content is raking, you're hoping for at least last year. And judging from like the current scenario that, that he's in. I don't see any way he improves on last year, and I can see a lot of ways in which he won't. So yeah. I'm just kind of scared off of him.
1: All right, well, ask me the third one. That'll be our last one for now is running out of time.
0: Okay, so let's go to a running back. And I don't think I've had, like, I'm not even drafting him. Uh, you have James White as your running back. I don't know if I'm missing this. A 34. 34. 34. 30, yeah. And... I have him at 42. So, like, where, like, where's the upside of James White? The only time I ever can, like, what happened?
1: Okay, I'm just laughing at this one because this is our fault for not statting out all the players. I was too lazy to put guys I have ahead of James White on there. I don't like James White at all. Um, okay. Because he, he, I like, I thought you were asking this is why I don't like James White enough. Like, I just see Cam running the ball to take away targets from throwing the ball to James White. So I just don't see a lot of upside. Like, he was a very good upside play with Brady there, but now with Cam there, he doesn't really throw to running backs unless it's McCaffrey. I just don't see James White having a lot of upside.
0: Okay, well, I'll go to one more receiver then. Okay. Um, Sorry Jarvis about that. Landry, uh, you have at wide receiver 34. I have met 27. Consensus has him at 28 you're really low on Jarvis Landry despite the fact that he had over a thousand yards last year yeah this is
1: because of their offense um we saw in year one with Jarvis Landry Baker Mayfield didn't know how to throw him the ball and then in year one with Odell Beckham Baker Mayfield didn't know how to throw him the ball but once he got into year two with Jarvis he they found a a little connection he was able to usurp a thousand yards Uh, With Odell heading into his second year, I think Baker will look to him. He knows Odell's a great receiver, a big name, and I think Odell is going to have a much bigger, a much better year than he did last year, and that'll take away from Jarvis Landry. They also added Austin Hooper, who isn't a very ta- very talented down-the-field tight end, but he's good between the numbers, uh, running those short routes, and I think that'll take a lot away from Jarvis Landry. And the last thing is Kevin Stavansky coming in as the head coach. He loves to run the ball, and he loves to get the ball to his running back. So I just think a lot of those things, it's just going to leave a dry mouth defeat in Jarvis Landry.
0: Yeah, I... I obviously disagree because I think Jarvis Landry is a, a reception monster and he just no matter where he is when he's in Miami, when he's in Cleveland, he just gets the ball a ton. Um, and like looking at the guys you have over him, you have Deontay Johnson, Darius Slayton, T.Y. Hilton, Brandon Cooks, like none of those guys are guys I would even consider taking over Jarvis Landry. So I just, yeah, I'm again, confused. this is
1: the upside, like. The only—Cooks—like, Jarvis Landry's going to play 16 games. He, he's a healthy—he's a healthy wide yeah. right receiver. So that's the—the re- the reason why I have him below Cooks is because I think Cook's 16-game pace will be better than Landry's, but I don't need to draft Cook to play 16 games. I don't want to play Landry 16 games, like 16 weeks. Uh, I want to play Cook seven weeks when I need to sl- like slide him in for a guy who's on a bye week and he has a good a good matchup. That's why I like Cooks more than Landry. And then Slayton, I've told you my love for Slayton before. I think he's going to be the one in that offense. I think him and Jones have an obvious connection, and I think he's a touchdown monster. Deontay Johnson, that one's a little tough. Um, I really like the upside. I think the Steelers are being slept on as an offense. So I just don't uh, – the upside is just not there with Jarvis, and he's he's like a PPR force but he doesn't have a lot of upside. Like He's kind of like a Robert Woods, DJ Moore type player, but he's not going to get those catches because I just think those targets are going to go elsewhere. Baker, he likes to scramble while he's not good at it. He likes to scramble and make the play happen downfield, and I don't think Jarvis Landry is going to be a part of that now that they have new pieces in this offense and a new head coach.
0: Yeah, my last point of disagreement is that the, the target share in Cleveland is pretty consolidated between Beckham Landry, now Hooper, and the running backs. That's a lot of guys. And That's
1: a lot of mouths to field. And you got Njoku.
0: But, but, okay, I think they're probably going to trade Njoku. But if you look at the backup receivers, like behind Landry and Beckham, it's like Damian Ratley. So yeah. I think between the receivers, it's going to be Landry and Beckham. And they're, they're both still going to get a ton of targets. Their offense as a whole should be a lot better than it was last year. So there should be more targets go around. Um, despite the fact that they're running the ball more and like like for Deontay Johnson if he becomes number two in Pittsburgh he might become kind of like Jarvis Landry but Jarvis Landry already is that and as a talent he's one of the top 15-20 talents in the NFL at receiver so if you're if the only gripe against Landry is that he's not gonna get the targets I think there's a lot more negatives about some of the players you have in front of him but agree to disagree
1: it, it, it's not on landry the player it's more against like the guys around him i have no faith in baker mayfield at all and i think because of that kevin Stefanski's not going to give him a chance like um kitchen sorry i couldn't remember his name freddie kitchens did yeah. and he's just gonna run the ball a lot more times so that's why i don't like landry it's not against him as a player but let's move on to our last our final section of this episode um our tight end my guys so We're going to have my guy for each position. And my guy is a guy that you're betting on to do really well. Not a top 12 guy, but a guy outside of the consensus top at their position and who we're betting on to prove us right. So I'll do mine first. Um, I really like Jared Cook. Uh, Last year he was kind of touchdown dependent. He had a good streak of games where he scored a lot of touchdowns. And then Emmanuel Sanders is coming in there to kind of be that wide receiver to middle of the field guy for the Saints. But I think Cook has a lot of upside still, and he's going to be going lower in drafts because Sanders is there now. I really like Cook as a player. I think he's going to get a lot of targets because there's a lot of targets to go around. And we remember Bridgewater came in and played. Breeze was hurt for a bit there. And I think with Breeze playing a full 16-game season, Jared Cook's going to be great.
0: Yeah, I think the case for Cook is definitely there. For me, when I'm targeting late-round tight ends... I'm looking for one of two things. One, are they on a good offense where there's going to be a lot of touchdowns to go around? Cook checks that box. And the second thing if I if I don't get that is is there a chance that their talent is good enough to propel them to one of the top I don't know, 5 tight ends in the NFL. So, for Cook, I don't see the talent. I don't think he's as talented as some other guys but on that Saints offense where there is also a pretty consolidated target share, he's someone that I have no problem starting and he's a pretty safe bet. I think. Yeah. Um, my guy is TJ Hawkinson, who is kind of the complete opposite where he's not on the best offense. Detroit's good. Um, but so like, I don't know if the touchdowns are going to be there for TJ Hawkinson, but he was the number eight overall pick. And if he's as talented as, as I think he can be, He's someone that can ascend into that top tier of tight ends. And people are scared off because he didn't have a productive rookie season. Well, like, very few tight ends ever have great rookie seasons, but because of guys like Noah Fant last year and, like, uh, Gronk in his rookie year, there seems to be some expectation that if a tight end doesn't perform in their rookie year, they're not going to be good. And I don't think that's fair. Hawkinson's an immensely talented player. He's going to be on the field almost every single snap. His backup, I think, is Jesse James. So... If you're going to take a late round gamble, Hawkinson is someone that I love taking a gamble on, um, just because he has the the talent, potential talent. Yeah, he checks both your boxes.
1: Like he is a lot of talent. He was the number eight overall pick, and while he may not get the touchdowns, there are a lot of touchdowns to go around. Matthew Stafford was on pace to throw almost forty touchdowns last season. While I don't see him uh, meeting that pace, he's gonna. We know Matthew Stafford likes to sling the ball down the field, and he'll probably throw for at least thirty touchdowns. And some of those have to go to Hawkinson, so I really like it. You'll probably have to pick and play your weeks with Hawkinson, but I, I really agree with that my guy will. Alright. Alright, well thank you guys for listening. Remember we post every Thursday at twelve p.m. Pacific time. We hope you like this episode. Please check out clips on YouTube at Semipro Sports. You can also find a link to listen on semipromedia.com where we post where we also post articles daily. And follow us on Instagram at semipromedia. We got a lot of good things going on. I hope you enjoyed and I'll see you guys next week.